On today's Spotlight on KRWC, third Wednesday of the month here already, and third Wednesday of each month on Spotlight. On a rotating basis, we talk with all of the uh, Wright County Board of Commissioner members, and Commissioner Derek Vetch is in studio with us to kind of wrap up the year. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Tim. Uh, happy holidays. As and we, you uh, too. Round yeah. out 2019. Boy, it's been quite a year. We were talking uh, off the air a little bit here. It's uh, a lot of things happening uh, this year. We're going to recap that a little bit and and um, take a look ahead to 2020. You were the board chair this year? That I was. Okay. It was an exciting year. A lot of things took place this year. Talk uh, about the experience of, of board chair. It's a little bit different. You, uh, The previous year you were uh, on the board but not chairing. But it's, uh, I mean, you still have just one vote, but you have to kind of keep things in check a little bit. It definitely is different, uh, and it's different to uh, move your own agendas when you're not able to, uh, you know, make the motions as chair. So that that's one that's one demo. Uh, difference yeah. but the other side of his difference is just you know you're not the one the fourth the first foremost person speaking you're you're really just kind of working the group and trying to manage the uh expectations of the uh, citizens at large in the room as well as your commissioners uh alongside you so uh, definitely uh, a different way of uh conducting the meeting or being participating in the meeting it's kind of been the tradition of the board and i don't know if if uh if it's going to continue on uh, that uh kind of each commissioners sort of taken a turn at it. I mean, uh, it not all county boards work that way. I think some of them sort of, you know, elect a person to do it. I'm not sure what the future is there, but you know, I mean, pulling around, I say it's you know, it's about a 50/50 out there between counties that that have a standing chair that mm-hmm. kind of holds that year after year versus ones that pass it around. I foresee the way it is here in Wright County will probably continue the tradition of uh, sharing the uh, yeah. chairmanship or chair position. Mm-hmm. So, All right. Well, let's uh, do a little recap here. If you want to start with a recap or you want to yeah. do some uh, immediate things? No, uh, you know, 2018 was a busy year. You know, we got the tactical center that's up and being constructed at this point that uh, will be in completion somewhere in July or August of next year. Uh, so that's going forward. The uh, the new government center is uh, being constructed at this point, which will be completed somewhere in the August, September, October of 2021. Uh, we implemented it. We completed our comp and class study, and we implemented a new uh, compensation and classification. Uh, so the, hopefully we'll have some better retention of employees with that process, having gone through that and having that completed. Uh, we use some new different comparable counties for our compensation uh, that are more in line with our size and with the uh, classifications of employees. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, we're now up and running. We spent the last uh, year just looking and trying to figure out what would be the right uh, ERP uh, system for our county and now we actually chose oracle and cyber as our implementer we are actually going full forward on putting in this erp system which is going to offer us a lot better uh information and which will allow us to have better transparency uh, to the public with information on terms of the numbers on a real-time basis erp is uh enter uh sorry enterprise resource planning it's basically a single platform that basically holds all of your fiscal hr and also holds a lot of your uh, non-financial data. So you can actually take the non-financial data, your case management stuff, and be able to put it against the actual financial data. That'll actually tell you a better story. Um, 
So all the different, what used to be a kind of, uh, for a, a tactical term, uh, for um, things, you know, one folder to another, they talk to each other or will be. Exactly. And well, and a lot of people call it uh, ERP is the Excel replacement program, uh, is what they call it. Basically, it's uh, an Excel spreadsheet program that basically talks to, talks mm. to each other. Mm-hmm. Each spreadsheet talks to each other, uh, as well as the system actually keeps in uh, document management. So it allows the, our, our document management systems to talk to our financial systems, uh, to talk to our human resource systems. So it's a, it, a single platform. Yeah. Yeah. Board definitely made a lot of decisions this year, and you know I would be remiss in saying that. I mean, it, it a little bit tumultuous at times. I mean, not every not every board member agreed with all of the uh, things uh, moving forward. Uh, maybe not necessarily, uh, for instance, the government center. Maybe not necessarily uh, that it wasn't needed, but maybe the timing thereof. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's, you know, we were really lucky in the fact that the timing is everything with things. Yeah. So the government center, the ERP, the comp and class, a lot of it looking with our financial modeling and looking at where we want our county to be five years, 10 years, 15, 20 years out. Uh, so you're taking that against our financial modeling and taking that against the interest rates really kind of told us that right now is the time for us to maximize what we need to get done to be able to give ourselves the best quality of life and the best sustainability from a tax rate long term and in short term. So and right now I think we're we're setting ourselves up to uh, yield the benefits of these decisions that have taken place over the last two years. And bids came in lower than expected. Lower than we expected, yes. You know, we were over the uh, kind of $6 million in the savings to that side of it, mm-hmm. which is unheard of. I, 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 I actually had to make a few phone calls after I got the, those numbers to actually actually ask if they were even correct because it seemed just unheard of. Yeah. And the um, progress, of course, on the... The um, justice center, justice <laughs> portion of it. I want to keep want to call it the courthouse, but I guess technically it would be. Um, that's nearing completion for next year. Yes. Uh, so we I uh, would expect a ribbon cutting somewhere in the August September for the justice center, barring mm-hmm. any kind of unforeseen uh, delays. But right now that would be kind of the expectations. So things are moving forward well with that. So looking forward to opening that building. So within a couple of years, the entire campus will be out uh, on the north end of Buffalo. Absolutely. So by the October, September of 2021, we will have uh, moved all the county services onto one campus and uh, hopefully make it a lot easier for citizens to navigate county services. You know, it, it um, when you drive by the the going north out of town past the, uh, you know, you can really see the Justice Center taking shape now. And it's um, kind of took a while for it to kind of form up a little bit, but boy, it's, uh, you know, pretty impressive looking building. You know, and it, which is strange because when you go in the inside of it, you from the outside, it looks like just an, a, a ginormous building. Mm-hmm. When you walk inside of it, it actually, it doesn't have that feeling at all. It mm-hmm. doesn't have a lot of those huge uh, atrium spaces, a lot of, you know, open, open air what I would call a lot of people would say is just uh, unutilized space. Yeah. So the building is really designed to maximize efficiency. Mm-hmm. And that will be connected uh, to the 
uh, the law enforcement center. That is correct. So, so that will make the uh, transferring of prisoners very efficient, a lot of cost savings in that, because right now we're uh, putting them in vans and driving them across town to mm-hmm. uh, see the magistrate. Yeah. So that's all going to come to be next year, and then the following year, uh, the uh, the government center itself, uh, which brings up a whole new set of things, because then you'll have a uh, vacant building downtown, and they, well, you know, people still call it the Palmyra building, too. So you have a couple decisions to make there. Absolutely. So they're, you know, coming in 2020, more towards the later part of 2020, we'll start that process of looking at what are our options for the uh, liquidation of those properties. Uh, unfortunately, with it taking so long to build the new building, we just really can't enter into kind of any kind of uh, options until it gets to the uh, within 12 months just because you know it's too far out for us to uh have anybody interested in yeah you have to have a realistic timetable in order to really tell potential buyers what's going on so, absolutely yeah. uh, in this last year you know we had uh took on the uh, tobacco 21 piece as well which was uh uh kind of the way things in the nation are slowly kind of trending towards uh, we also uh, entered and got some good funding from MnDOT to put an expansion on our Trailblazer uh, garage in Buffalo. Uh, so being able to house some more buses, which will be able to allow us to have some more uh, buses on the road to help meet the uh, transit needs for the region. Uh, we also are working on uh, redetermining a number of ditches here in the county. So uh, we're going to continue that on. We're trying to uh, keep ourselves up to snuff on uh, 103 drainage law. Uh, something that's been different from the past for the county but uh things to look forward in 2020 uh we are looking at uh a regional planning group here between sherburn and wright county uh this is kind of a first time effort for us it was kind of a spinoff from the highway 25 coalition that was charged with trying to uh develop a better transportation on 25 and also to look at a potential river crossing that uh Conversations within that group came very evident that we need to look even beyond that, that we are planning too individually based and we need to look more holistic in our planning. Uh, So we actually brought all the local jurisdictions, the surrounding townships along the river, and we brought the municipalities along the river and the counties along the river to take all of our uh, land use plans, our infrastructure plans, and kind of look at how this stuff looks together and what things we can do to help better plan collectively. I think that's kind of a, uh, a growing trend. I think uh, a lot of counties are finding, you know, adjacent counties, not just here, but other places that uh, for, you know, pretty big projects like that, uh, that, you know, one county just can't handle it by itself. Well, and the cost of those river ca- crossings are, are, astronomical you know 100 120 130 million dollars to put a new river crossing in you're going to have to have a very very solid plan and you're going to have to have every municipality every township and and all surrounding counties having a hundred percent buy-in and and when wherever you decide that area location is going to be especially when river crossings your new river crossings are lucky to happen maybe to a century you know, a lot of river crossings get replaced or upgraded, but brand new river crossings are far, far and few between. Yeah. Well, and really both both sides, and you know, in so many cases, rivers determine the uh, the boundaries, as in our case with the Mississippi. Uh, and so, 
you know, both sides of the river benefit, so it kind of makes sense that both sides should share collectively in, you know, planning and and uh, and where everything is going to end up at. And it's, it's going to be a lot more discussions on that. You know, today I just came right over from Elk River Government Center. We were doing our stakeholder mapping uh, exercise this morning, trying to figure out who we need to engage in this process to develop this uh, regional plan and get good input. So there'll be more to come on that in 2020. So a lot of discussions that will take place uh, regarding regional planning. Mm-hmm. Another big thing that we're going to be taking forward in uh, 2020 is a lot more discussion at the county from an economic development standpoint. And uh, w- there's a lot more demand and there's a lot more need uh, for economic development at a county level. So whether the county would in- be interested in ever considering an EDA or whether the county would move forward in bolstering the Wright County Economic Development Partnership, there's going to be a lot of conversations that are going to take place over the next uh, year regarding economic development in the county. And where some of those things locate. We've, we've seen, you know, it's interesting. I've been covering this county long enough to, to have seen kind of phases of uh, growth and development. You know, the, the, the late 80s uh, into the mid-90s when the first great big uh, jump took place. And uh, then, of course, we had uh, the economic downturn for a bit. But now it seems like we're taking off, at least since I've been here, the second or third really big jump in uh, not only population but building and, and uh, transportation needs, all of that. You know, there's a, Wright County, we are definitely having a lot of residential uh, development. Uh, commercial, industrial development is, it's there. It's, it's, it's not uh, super robust, but I think that's just the trend, you know, regionally and even nationwide. Uh, there's a, just a little bit more uh, apprehension in the commercial and industrial development. Um, so the, it's still a competitive market in terms of wanting to attract uh, uh, local jobs and communities. So Yeah. I know transportation has been a huge issue uh, for yourself, well, Commissioner Potter. Of course, has been kind of the, you know, the uh, the key uh, cog there to the transportation, but that's going to continue to be a big big issue next year and beyond and beyond. Well, transportation, whether you're talking uh, Highway 12 or whether you're talking 94, you know, until. Highway 12 gets the improvements that it needs, uh, if nothing else, just in the pavement preservation piece of it. Uh, if anybody drives down Highway 12, there's, there's some uh, good roller coaster uh, parts to it, as well as 94 needing the three lanes all the way to St. Cloud. And I think that'll be just kind of an ongoing discussion until that need has been met. But then there's a lot of just even just small local projects that need to be upgraded just to meet the population growth. Mm-hmm. And of course, a lot of uh, some of those projects have been uh, been funded by the uh, the additional uh, tax piece that was put in, or the uh, that has, I guess, uh, from all uh, the folks I've talked to, been going quite well. You're talking the local option sales tax. Right, yep. yep, the local option sales tax has uh, uh, been a huge benefit to us in being able to get a large a lot of large scale projects done here in the county, uh, whether you're talking County Road 39 or you're talking over the ones in 18 in Albertville, uh, along with a variety of other projects mm-hmm. that are going to be taking place in the next couple of years. Uh, those are some very, without that, those funds, those, those are large scale projects that would have been multiple years out from now, um, which are definitely going to offer the citizens a way, uh, 
not way, I guess I should say a better mode of transportation or a safer mode of transportation through our communities. I know a lot of times when uh, discussions, you know, among people just uh, chatting turn to uh, to road work, you know, a lot of times people say, well, I can't believe it. every place you go, you know, there's roads busted up and everything. But, um, boy, when they're done, it's pretty nice. It is nice. Uh, unfortunately, it's going to probably get worse before it gets better. Yeah. I, I do know with the project that's going to be taking place uh, with 38 and 19 over by the Outlet Mall, uh, much needed improvements over there. Uh, well, it's going to be brutal next uh, spring, summer, and fall, but when it's when it's all said and done, uh, hopefully we won't have the hour-long waits for people to get in and out of the outlet mall on these holiday weekends. Yeah. So. Well, and you know, uh, you know, the long and short of it, usually in many of these cases, is that um, in the case of the outlet mall or, or whatever project that you want to talk about, a lot of these things were developed... Uh, on or near roadways that weren't initially designed for that kind of traffic. And so it's it's kind of a, been a retrofit from the beginning. You hit the nail right on the hammer there. That's Those areas there, I don't think anybody envisioned uh, 40 years ago that this would be uh, one of the most highly trafficked roads in the county mm-hmm. on that intersection of 19 and uh, 38 and 37 there. Yeah. Well, this will all be coming up, and uh, we'll certainly keep following. What else is on the docket here for next uh, year or any other topics um, you want to mention? Well, we'll be taking uh, some action on the Executive Order 13888, which was issued in September by President Trump in refugee status. Uh, I would imagine sometime probably in 2020 uh, we'll uh, have some discussion on it and what that means and what action needs to be taken place with it. Uh, a lot of it, it kind of surrounds what already had taken place here right now. Uh, President Trump put an executive order that basically uh, asks local jurisdictions to take a an affirmative action if they want to continue the previous practices of refugee status within their communities. Am I uh, understanding it correctly that that all counties will have to to kind of uh, initiate or or make a, a commitment one way or another on that? Essentially, I mean, uh, attorneys are still looking at it and looking at what n- no action means. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would I would imply that by not taking any action, you're saying no. Uh, then basically you're changing the current practice. The current practice prior to this executive order was you were able to have these individuals placed in your community, like in Wright County over the last uh, five years, it's 20 individuals. So it's not a, not a large case. So if you did take an affirmative action on this, uh, you're not changing it and saying that you get more or less, it'd still be under the current rules, which in the last five years has yielded a population of 20. Mm -hmm. Um, So it, it, but there's still some more discussions to it because it, it it brought up a discussion that was a, I guess, a delegation of authority that we never had previously. And so you still need to have that conversation of what practice do we want to have locally here in Wright County in terms of uh, refugee status? Mm -hmm. I know Candy, Ohio County, uh, just, I might have even been this week or last week, it was very recently, was one of the first counties in the state to address this. And I I think they basically took uh, uh, an affirmative or uh, that they will... Uh, continue to 
uh, except in house uh, refugees in the future. I th- don't know the full specifics on it, but... Well, and it's interesting because every county has a, has a different number. You know, Stearns County over the last five years has had like 662 individuals, you know, whereas Sherburne and Wright County, Wright County with 20 individuals and Sherburne County with 24, but then Anoka ha- had 430. I mean, every county has a, a, a different number of these individuals that are placed into their county. A lot of it is based on organizations that they are able to get uh, services through. Uh, some counties have much more uh, robust services available to these individuals than others. Mm-hmm. So uh, naturally they would uh, be more attractive to uh, those populations. Is there a deadline that the counties have to meet on this? At this time, not that I know of. Okay. So we're like I said, we're still doing our due diligence on it. We want to make sure that we ask all the right questions and that uh, I know myself, I want to make sure that I have enough information in front of me on uh what the, what the previous practice was, what's the new practice is going to be. And then there's still, there's a lot of uh, jockeying around in the courts potentially with this executive order. So uh, a lot of it is, is there even action that's going to need to be taken? Because if there's some questionability of the executive order itself. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see, uh, to see how that plays out and, and uh, keep track of the, uh, the progress on it or discussion on it anyway you mentioned the um tobacco 21 now that that is uh set and sealed that's ready mm-hmm. to go on january 1st yep and um basically um any retailer that is licensed through the county is that mm-hmm. correct? Uh, correct uh you must be 21 to buy any tobacco products and that includes and it was kind of spurred on by this vaping crisis situation that is correct um, we didn't take on the uh, the restriction that a lot, some of the other counties took on uh, the removing of flavored products and stuff. We just really stuck to the just the tobacco twenty one mm-hmm. on that ordinance. So that will be a county ordinance as of the first of uh, January. Uh, so two weeks from today, as a matter of fact. But uh, there's potential. You keep hearing potential that the uh, state might take it up. Uh, or the state legislature, and this, it, you know, if it went that way, it might be a state law by some time, you know. Well, and there's a lot of talk even at the federal level. I yeah. mean, a lot of your retailers, your Walgreens and your CVSs, uh, have just implemented their own internal policies that they're only selling to 21, uh, just to make it easier because they, from jurisdiction to jurisdiction, from a training perspective, they need to ma- they need to have some sort of uh, continuity. So it's having its own internal homegrown policies as well as uh, uh, local jurisdictions, and now it's hitting a lot of the state and federal level. So I think we'll likely see a lot of change on that over the next uh, year or two. And a lot of that input came from, uh, you know, area high schools, and Wright County was nothing, you know, no no differences there. I know the, the board took a lot of uh, input or, you know, not really testimony, but I guess comments from uh, lots of school officials saying, hey, this is rampant in our schools. Well, it, it's kind of sad. You know, you, you, you went from the era where in the 80s you put a lot of effort into getting rid of uh, smoking in schools uh, when you come out of the 70s and smoking lounges still existed to the removal of all that and getting everybody to find out the harm of uh, cigarette smoking and now to it all, all the way to the early 2000s to a revival through vaping mm-hmm. uh, and now having to go back through that whole process of trying to get people to understand the impact of tobacco use. Well, and, you know, it really 
got kind of jump-started on action on this when all of these uh, uh, really serious uh, health cases, in fact, even some fatalities that uh, occurred that, you know, I'm not sure if it's been completely proven, but are in large part uh, definitely suspected to be tied to vaping products and just the nature of of the vaping itself. They're, they're finding some good strong linkage between some of these deaths and some of these illnesses and that vaping. And uh, I think it put a big, huge scare in it. I, I'm likely to see that there's a, there seems to be a big, huge uh, ch- uh, change socially in the conversation on the usage of those products. So uh, more to come, I think, over the next uh, year or two on what the long-term usage is going to look like for vaping. Did school officials in in your district, uh, did they comment to you about that? I heard from a majority of all of my school districts in the hospitals and communicating their wishes and what they felt is uh, the needs to uh, hope stem off some of the usage of these products in Mm -hmm. schools. And that passed fairly easily in the board. I don't think anybody was necessarily against it. I think there were maybe... a member or two that kind of said, hey, this ought to be a state law, you know, but, you know. And I, I think that uh, most people agree, and I mean, whether it's a state law or whether it's a federal leg- regulation, I mean, there's a lot of topics where you, when you sit there and you make pockets of rules, it, it gets things get messy. I would have rather seen it done from a state level. Mm-hmm. And I, there's a lot of the discussion on, you know, what is an adult, you know, and that's, that's a bigger discussion that I think that everybody politically has to have. You know, we learned over the last century, a lot more of the human development and, you know, is, is 18 an adult now, you know, there's a lot of discussions on that. Sure. Finishing up our, um, monthly conversation with Wright County commissioners and commissioner Derek Metch is with us. Anything else on the horizon here we ought to know about before we break? Nope. Uh, looking forward to a great year in 2020. I, uh, appreciate the, uh, good conversations and i wish you uh and the citizens all a uh, happy new year and a happy holidays no it's been uh, great discussions when you've been in and all the commissioners so we uh, look to continue it a year into 2020 so have a great holiday season and um we'll we'll chat again next year sometime all right Thank thanks you. very much commissioner Derek vetch our guest on today's spotlight here on krwc